Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to this Thursday edition. My name's Sam Ekstrom. Vikings Dolphins tonight, 7 o'clock, U.S. Bank Stadium, preseason game number four. And if you remember last year at this time, the Vikings didn't have a quarterback. It was Sean Hill. There was no Taylor Heineke. It was Joel Stave playing the Los Angeles Rams and Jeff Fisher coming in with the HBO Hard Knocks crew. Rick Spielman talked that night and he said, we're not going to mortgage the future. And then two days later, made a trade for Sam Bradford, giving up a first round pick. Amazing what happens in a year and how things can just change like that. Fortunately, the Vikings got past that final tricky Tuesday practice without significant injury. And they go into this game without too many injury concerns that are are major. Now, granted, Kyle Rudolph, Brian Robison did not play in the third game, and Rudolph was not practicing on Tuesday. Robison did a little bit of work, and I'm sure he won't play tonight. So those are two starters or borderline starters in Robison's case that you might be a little concerned about, but they're probably not going to miss significant time. And the big talker is, will Mike Zimmer play the starters? You know, this was teased a little bit last year. Mike Zimmer said, eh, maybe I am maybe I will, maybe I'll give him a few snaps. No, he didn't. And there might be a similar deal going on here. I don't think he's going to play an entire unit of starters. I could see it being more so select few. Maybe those who have something to prove whether they're going to be regular season starters. Like Pat Elfline, that's a guy who needs reps. That's a rookie. Even though he might be a starter, you're still going to watch him play. Ben Gideon, you're still going to watch him play. And Mike Zimmer said that to complete that evaluation process, they need to see Gideon. They need to see other guys on the field tonight. So there will be key players in this game. Vets, however, I just don't think he's going to eventually go through with that. I think the risk of having a guy go down is so much greater than the detriment of not getting them an extra 10, 15 snaps. Plus, he's got 90 guys to evaluate tonight. Normally, you have 75 going into this game, and you have a little bit more manageable of a roster. That's not the case tonight with the new rules and the cutdowns coming after the fourth preseason game. They have 37 guys to cut on Saturday. They need to see plenty of the second and third string guys you don't have time in the game to spend all of that on your starters so with all the talk and all the debate I think eventually the Vikings will settle on probably the more conservative more intelligent decision and keep most of those guys out I might have egg on my face tomorrow after they play the first quarter we'll find out does anybody here like bracketology like Joe Lenardi and ESPN 
anticipating who were the first four teams into the tournament, the first four teams out of the tournament, on the bubble, all that jazz. We're going to do that for roster cuts. And going into tonight's preseason game, I've got the last four in on the Vikings roster and the last four out. So starting with those that are in, in no particular order, Antone Exum, I think, is going to make this team. And I would never have said that going into training camp. He was injured during OTAs. And in fact, it it seemed serious enough that we weren't sure if he was even going to play. It was a knee deal. And after what had happened to him the previous year, he didn't play. And he's been injury prone and then injured again. It looked like his career in Minnesota was over. But they transitioned him to corner. uh, I should say nickel corner. So he gets a chance to show what he can do there, look pretty good. And then when Sandejo goes down, the team trusts him enough at safety to move him back as the first backup at that position. They could have gone with Harris. They could have gone with Curse, but they went with Exum, pulling him from nickel, putting him at safety where he's a little more comfortable. I think that's a great sign for Exum. And then he had the interception in the third preseason game. He's a good flex player. He can play nickel. He can play safety and he gives positional flexibility that they don't really have in a whole lot of their defensive backs. So I think Exum is in as the sixth corner slash fifth safety. Steven Weatherly, I think he's in. I think he's getting pushed by Tayshawn Bauer, and he may be getting jumped by Tayshawn Bauer. But I saw something in the practice on Tuesday that made me very intrigued. You know, number one, The team has previously put Weatherly in for some first-team reps when other guys have either been hurt or been getting a Veterans Day off. So that tells you where he is on their their depth chart. But then I saw on Tuesday them moving Weatherly inside for some snaps, sort of like they did with Brian Robison, moving him to the three technique and having him be a pass rusher. That tells me that they have a plan for Steven Weatherly. There's a vision there. They know that They might not have all these defensive end snaps for him to get, but they want to find a way to get him involved, so they move him inside in a sub package. I think Weatherly is going to make this roster as possibly the final defensive lineman because he's a guy who measured out really well. He's got intangibles. I think he's going to make this team. How about number three of the last four players on the roster? C.J. Ham. Every year, We wonder, are the Vikings going to keep a fullback? And they always do. And even with Pat Shermer, we said, he's less likely to keep a fullback. He doesn't really like to use him. Well, Ham has been really good. And he's gotten reps early in games. It's not like they're playing Ham two snaps. I mean, he's getting in there, not just as a fullback, but as a running back as well. And in fact, he played in the game before Latavius Murray against San Francisco. Some of the blocks he's laid out in practice, and I wish you could all see them, I mean, he absolutely leveled J. Ron Curse last week on a play where it wasn't just the the media glancing to each other and kind of dropping our jaws. It was the players on the field letting out one of those audible O's when it happened. I think Ham makes it. And and I'm not all that convinced that, well, you, you take a tight end or you keep a fourth tight end and you just let one of them fill in at fullback. The Vikings have literally not done that. The Vikings haven't worked with David Morgan as a fullback. They haven't worked with Kyle Carter as a fullback. C.J. Ham has been working as their fullback. So I think we would have seen more signs 
if the Vikings were planning on moving a tight end as their sort of on-call fullback, I think Ham is going to make this team. He's also good on special teams. And finally, Rodney Adams. He has been very good, and you might be saying, well, why is he even on this list? Why isn't he well above it? I still think Stacey Coley's been better. Despite the two touchdowns that Adams has, I think Coley's been the better receiver. He offers more in special teams. And honestly, if the Vikings want to keep more depth at a different position, it's not out of the realm that they only keep five wide receivers. Now, I do think they keep six, and I think Adams is number six. But I think it's still a discussion that they're going to have. And I think he sort of forced their hand to the point where, well, if we tried to sneak him onto the practice squad, he'd get scooped up because he showed some really nice things in the last game. He had a cool leaping catch, had a touchdown on a broken tackle and a nice run after catch, had a touchdown against Buffalo. And he's definitely stepped up for games. So I think Rodney Adams gets snuck on as that sixth wide receiver. There's also plenty of scuttlebutt about Jarius Wright. Is he going to be that veteran cut? I still don't think so. I think there's probably a 70% chance he stays on the team. Before we get to our last four out, I have a message for y'all who want to put some money in your pocket. Ever since I started this podcast, people ask me for advice. They think I know something about football. They want to know which team to bet on. And I would recommend, don't ask my advice for the team to bet on. Ask my advice for where you should be betting. And that's why I tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. That's, that's a pretty good deal, right? They have the fastest payouts, just two business days. So if you know who's going to win the game, lay down the cash and win big. It's a service that's been great for me. I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie because if you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting so you can get your fix throughout the game and the most rewarding player perks in the business and a great mobile site that makes wagering easy. And here's what I'm going to give you. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus if you use the promo code LOVIKINGS. Visit mybookie.ag today, L-O Vikings. You play, you win, you get paid. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. So now we move to our last four off the roster, and we start with a tight end, Kyle Carter. I really don't think they're going to keep four tight ends, and it's been a fierce battle between Bucky Hodges and Kyle Carter, and I've got a little side wager with Matthew Collar of 1500 ESPN, friend of the podcast, on who's going to make it. I still say Bucky. I think Bucky has higher upside. I think Bucky has better speed, better hands. He's not as good of a blocker. He's not as refined as Kyle Carter. But I think you value your draft pick. You have more invested in Bucky Hodges. And I think it's easier to get Kyle Carter onto your practice squad. Kyle Carter is pretty nondescript. He did have a touchdown against San Francisco. But I think you still keep Bucky, who had a touchdown against Seattle. 
and uh, had a pretty nice catch late in the first half against San Francisco, but he's got to get out of bounds a little faster. Kyle Carter off for now. TJ Clemmings, poor guy. He clearly has been demoted in some way. He went from second-team guard, and at one point I think he was even getting first-team guard reps when people were hurt, but relegated to third-team guard, didn't play against Seattle, played a little bit against San Francisco, but he's been taken off that second team. They've tried him everywhere. They don't want him at tackle anymore. They thought guard would work. It doesn't appear like it has, unless they're just uber confident that they know what they have in him. Seems like he's on the outside looking in. Could be the end of the road for a two-year starter. How rare is that? A guy joins the NFL, basically starts two consecutive years, and then gets cut. It's a rarity. Number three, Jabari Price. Topsy-turvy career for Jabari Price. Comes in the league as a special teams guy, makes the roster, gets a DUI, deals with injuries. Looked really good before that knee injury that cost him last season. Comes into his contract year, has a training camp injury, but then seemed to find some favor with the coaches. And in fact, at practice on Tuesday, I believe it was Newman and Rhodes were both getting a day off. It was you know still about 36 hours removed from the game. They didn't want to push them too hard. And they had Price taking first-team cornerback reps. You know, he's moved his way past Trey Roberson. He's moved his way past Terrell Sinkfield, I believe. The question is, did the numbers work out for him? I don't think they do. As mentioned, I think Exum makes this team because of his positional flexibility, and I don't think you're going to keep an additional cornerback. If you did, that would be seven capable corners if you kept Exum and Price, and I just don't think the team's going to do that. But Price, just on the outside looking in. Finally, Eric Wilson, the linebacker. And part of the reason that some of these other defensive positions are going to get a little shortchanged is because I think they've got a lot of players they want to keep on that defensive line, especially at defensive tackle. They have good young defensive ends. So they probably keep nine or ten there. I'm thinking nine, maybe six linebackers. And if it's only six linebackers, they're not going to keep Eric Wilson. I was not on the Emmanuel Lemur bandwagon at all, but but I got to thinking, you know, if, if Barr Kendricks goes down, they've just got no experience. Lemur's the only guy who's really been around the block, even though I don't think his upside is all that high anymore. They need somebody who's seen some things and understands Zimmer's scheme maybe a little more intimately. So I'm thinking it's Barr Kendricks Gideon, Lemur Brothers Robinson, Elijah Lee to the practice squad, or maybe Eric Wilson, maybe both. I'm thinking six linebackers, and I don't think Wilson will be part of that six. He's been up and down in the preseason. I think he was probably best in the first game. Hasn't popped quite as much after that. Sage and I will have a report tomorrow on what we see tonight, and hopefully what we see tonight is a healthy game four of the preseason. Week one kicks off in 11 days. Can't wait. This is Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. LockedOnVikings at gmail.com to advertise with the show. You can get in touch on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Live updates from U.S. Bank Stadium tonight. Take care.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.